Hi there, this is James Eek from the Warrior's Way podcast. You're listening to episode 76. Wow. Um, Before we kick off this episode, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank our latest Patreon supporters, Jasmine, Ren, and Steph. Um, This podcast would not be possible without all of you who listen Um, and when there are people that are willing to not only listen, but show their support for all that we are trying to do with this podcast through supporting it, through subscribing to our Patreon site. Um, I mean, even though you're getting access to some pretty cool martial arts videos and instructional videos, um, you're still, you know, being a stand up person by, by doing that and helping me out. Um, that means a whole lot to me and I am extremely grateful. So thank you very much to you three. You're the latest supporters and my hat's off to you and my eternal gratitude. Thank you so very much. And for those of you who aren't sure what I'm talking about, go to Patreon and check it out. Uh, Just look for Warriors Way Podcast. I have a whole bunch of videos on there on various martial arts topics And I will continue to put stuff up there kind of as a place where you can go to find out some cool martial arts knowledge from the likes of me. So thank you once again. Tai Chi is certainly a notable case insofar as this training is designed to train relaxation, calmness, and a great deal of what is conveyed by the Dutch word rust. Advanced level Tai Chi practitioners spar like they're strolling, not running, charging, or dancing. It's like they are simply carrying out a task that they have done countless times, and it's simply second nature. So watching them deal with opponents is like watching someone steering a boat, or flying a kite, mowing a lawn, folding laundry, or rolling up a cable, or maybe a fisherman casting and reeling. It's very simple. Very unglamorous, very relaxed, very natural, and yet very skillful. I've occasionally had the pleasure of being the one who is folding and felling opponents like a laundry worker folding and flattening out sheets. And when you are in that zone, that state of flow, it's very much like that. Just something that you're doing, pleasurable but natural, no real effort, no real striving, planning, pursuing, just feeling and doing. Of course, I have much more often been on the receiving end against someone who wants to treat me like some laundry that needs to be straightened and folded and flattened out. A popular martial arts saying is you either win or you learn. And I have done a lot of learning. And not just in Tai Chi. I've been folded and flattened in many different martial arts styles over the years. Occasionally, it's been me doing the folding and flattening And that's always a very nice treat. But none of the other kinds of sparring that I know involve activities that are necessarily calm and tranquil as Tai Chi. Doubtless, this is connected with the unique and uniquely philosophical way that Tai Chi training is approached. In it, all attention is put on teaching relaxation. But this is not quite as simple as it may sound. It's actually surprisingly hard to teach relaxation in Tai Chi. And the type of relaxation that is the ultimate goal is not simple relaxation. 
It takes different forms, from mental relaxation to the hyper-awareness of tension and looseness in the body to enable higher levels of sensitive, sensitivity and responsiveness, to the ability to be relaxed in otherwise difficult postures or transitions, and through to the cultivation of what they call sung yin, or relaxed force in the application of techniques. There are other dimensions to Tai Chi relaxation or restfulness too. But the point is, learning it all is no simple matter. It takes a great deal of patience, commitment, and trust. Trust in your teacher. Trust in the investment of time and energy and trust that it will all pay off or yield dividends. In many respects, rather than being anything like lying down and relaxing, training for this kind of relaxation is actually analogous to weightlifting, strength training, or bodybuilding. In weightlifting for strength or bodybuilding, a key principle is progressive resistance. Over time, you put more and more weight on the bar so that the resistance placed on the muscles progressively increases. In response to increasing demands and in conjunction with adequate rest, and nutrition, the muscles, tendons, and ligaments, etc. respond by growing stronger, often larger, denser, and so on. Despite appearances, training in and around Tai Chi is similar. However, instead of external resistance, there's a more kind of progressive intensification of rust, a progressive resistance, so to speak. This progressive intensification is centered on awareness of posture and breath. More refined awareness of posture goes hand in hand with more intensified relaxation. More refined and intensified awareness and control of breath leads to all sorts of unexpected health and skill consequences. On this level, I would recommend it to anyone. Tai Chi and Qigong can become quite a remarkable combination for producing a sense of healthiness. But the idea that Tai Chi and Qigong are simply all about rest and relaxation, well, it's misleading. As with any martial art, Tai Chi requires really devoted and focused training. You have to learn how to be relaxed. You have to work hard to take control of your mind and relax it. And this is not simple. It's not simple or easy to make yourself train every day when a lot of that training involves standing stock still for half an hour or more in a relatively awkward position, focusing on your breathing and posture and sensations, especially when you have jobs to do and the clock is ticking and there's work to do and so many other demands. You have to believe in it and trust in it. So when it comes to the relaxation required in successfully mastering Tai Chi, or maybe any physically and mentally demanding skill set, to speak of rest is kind of correct, yet also not quite right. I guess calmness would be the best term to apply across the board. When you're not in some sense of calm, you're probably not going to be functioning your best. This is so even though some approaches to combat training insist on forcing practitioners into extremes of adrenaline, fear, and beyond sustainable states of exhaustion. But again, the reason for this is to get used to it so as to learn how to manage panic and terror 
and exhaustion. In short, once again, so that you become, in a very particular way, calm, even when you're operating at high stress levels. So that is from a chapter called Training Rust from the book Deconstructing Martial Arts by Paul Bowman. And I really like the con- this concept of training. At the end of the day, you want to be training so that it has benefits in every moment of your regular daily life. You want your walk-around default to be a reflection of your training. Unshakable. Undefeatable. I've done some Tai Chi and Qigong when I was younger and would love to do so more because as I've changed and grown as a person and a martial artist, so is my view of some of the benefits you can get from arts like that. That said, I also think that you can gain many of the similar benefits training in any number of martial arts. You see, your intent guides your focus. And your focus is going to create your reality and your outcomes when it comes to training. If you train to be an egotistical, self-centered dolt, guess what? But if you train to be a humble, calm, compassionate, lifelong learner, well, I think you get it. It really is that simple. Part of the benefit of Tai Chi or Qigong is that its main focus is on peaceful moving or standing meditation, mindfulness, health and wellness. Spend any time repetitively in a dedicated practice like this and you are going to see the benefits. What I encourage my students to do in their jiu-jitsu or any of the arts that I teach is to cultivate this calm, ego-free, mindful practice. A lot of martial arts and martial artists forget this, and many of the core concepts and aspects that make training not only worthwhile, but transformative. Because of retention or to improve their bottom line, many schools, more than I'd like, are edging into the land of the McDojo, where students get promoted just for showing up, where the sport aspect is promoted as vital, and where everything seems focused on building ego instead of developing solid martial artists who train in powerful and amazing martial arts. A martial art has to be something that is about being a better you. Don't make it into something less than that. Don't make it about winning. Don't make it about being better than others. Don't make it about anything other than becoming better at you in every possible way. One of my old karate teachers when I was in my late 20s said that martial arts should be about breathing. If we forget about that, problems arise. And I've always really liked that. I've thought about what he was really saying for the past 25 years. When we learn to breathe, and I mean to really breathe, we not only learn to relax, but we learn to see, to feel, to learn, to move. We learn about what's important in this life. 
And let's face it, not much is more important than you right now in this moment breathing. Then we expand from there. Breathing in this moment can mean a whole lot more. It can give you an expanded and far more compassionate view of everything in your life and everything around you. What I would suggest to you, if you aren't one of my students and hear this all the time, next time that you are rolling in jiu-jitsu, try to let that ego recede a little. Breathe more. Smile more. Relax. Try to work less hard than your opponent. Maybe even hum along to the music that is playing or the music that's playing in your head. It will make your jiu-jitsu better, believe me. You'll stop needing to fight and you will start learning to use jiu-jitsu against someone else who's trying to fight you. Don't fight, do jiu-jitsu. If nothing else, learning to smile, chill out and breathe is going to annoy the heck out of your opponent as they're sweating buckets and trying to crush you. So there you go. All right, let's go on to the question of the week. It's coming from a listener by the name of Mark. And he says, I'm new to the martial arts and I have to admit that I'm a little weirded out by all the hero worship I'm seeing. I mean, these are just normal people who are great at what they do, aren't they? (laughs) That's a great question. It's one that, believe me, has been in my life more often than not. You're 100% right. Martial artists, even those who have changed the world or who are legends, they're just people. They put their pants on one leg at a time. For me, this is a hard lesson to learn, to be completely honest. As many of you know, I've been in the martial arts for nearly 40 years now, and somehow I've been blessed to have some of the most top-tier martial artists for my teachers. When I was back in my early 20s, which was a little while ago now, I was very disillusioned by some of my teachers. Um, And some of this was my own fault. But a good chunk was because of the fact that I was raised in martial arts looking at sensei as being a kind of living saint. Now, for those of us who are martial arts teachers, the sensei, the sifu, guru, professor, or whatever... (laughs) we all know, or I would hope, we know that this is simply not the truth. We are all just normal people. We're normal people who have trained a lot, suffered a lot, dedicated a lot, and ended up with some knowledge and skill. But this does not make us particularly special. What it should make us is more ordinary, more humble, more of a student. Now, I have been doing this for a little while, like I mentioned, and having my own school, when people find out how long I've been at this, more than on one occasion, people have tried to use the word master around me, and I never let anyone use the term around me, not in any way, shape, or form. A master is someone who's transcended and who has surpassed all. 
And I myself have yet to see anyone who is really deserving of that title. And I'm not slighting anyone at all. Just by the simple fact that all of us are still humans full of flaws, full of work to do, full of tests that have been failed and errors to discover and business that has to be attended to and martial arts that has got plenty of room to be improved upon. A lot of mastery still to see happen. Be careful if you set anyone in your life on a pedestal because without a doubt, they will fall off of it. Either by their own actions or by someone pushing them off. Now, I'm not saying don't respect and admire and support your teacher and all those truly brilliant teachers that are out there. Seek them out, support them, respect and love them. Just don't worship them. Believe me, they don't need it. And when they make a mistake, don't hold that mistake to them like it's a fire to burn them. If you see them as human, guess what? They're going to make mistakes. (laughs) Just like you, just like me. Learn from them. If you're in a school or a system that worships a teacher like a living God, be very careful. Learn as much as you can, be respectful, but be careful. Martial arts have great power, but we don't need to give all the power and hope and dreams that we have to anyone else. We need to believe in ourselves first and foremost. We have to be true to who we are and the process we are on. We need to be kind and respectful and full of gratitude and compassion. And that gratitude and compassion needs to also be directed at your teachers for giving what you're learning. But never forget that you yourself are responsible for everything that you have and everything that you will have when it comes to your training. For the insights that you're going to gain, those are yours. The understanding that you're going to have, that's yours. But remember where it came from and always be thankful and grateful and give credit where it's due. I'm pretty sure your teacher is going to respect you a whole lot more for that than for worshiping them like they're infallible. (laughs) And if they demand your worship, well, then you need to ask yourself some serious questions. So there you go. And I think we're going to tie it up there. So thanks for the question. I really, really appreciate it. Um, Mentioning one more time, uh, we have started a Patreon page. To make a long story short, it is just a way to support this podcast. Because as you know, the podcast is 100% free. And, you know, I want to remain that way. Um, But, you know, like I mentioned this is episode 76 and to keep this thing going um, takes a lot of work and effort research and development all that kind of stuff so patreon is a way that uh, if you are a constant listener and you really believe in this podcast and want to see it succeed and continue um, it's a way that you can give back and support it so you can basically you can be a subscriber and that would be awesome Our Patreon page, um, the way I'm setting it up is I'm uploading different kind of 
short instructional videos in various different uh, martial arts and, you know, different things like that. So anyways, check it out. Um, I would be eternally grateful if you did. Um, the other thing we have are Warriors Way Podcast Fight Club t-shirts available. You can find the link on our Facebook page. Um, if you want to seek us out and see what is going on, you can check out our Instagram page. I, there's not an actual Warriors Way podcast Instagram page, by the way. Every so often I get people asking me that they can't find it. Where is it? Um, I put everything on my martial arts school. It's just easier for my life. And I am not a social media addict, so... There you go. Um, there's plenty of Warriors Way podcast stuff on our Instagram page for the Eek Academy of Martial Arts. Um, you can also find us on Facebook. We do have a Facebook page for Warriors Way podcast. Um, but you can also find um, our Eek Academy of Martial Arts page on Facebook as well. And lastly, if you like all this stuff that I talk about, you can always find the two martial arts and training books that I've written on Amazon. You can pick them up as an actual material, um, you know, paper book. Or you can pick them up and read them on your Kobo or your Kindle um, as an ebook. And again, your support is greatly appreciated. So there you go. I'm going to end it there. Thanks again for listening. For those of you that are constant listeners, man, I can't thank you enough. Um, spread the word. Let others know about the podcast. That means a lot to me to see that people are listening to it. And really, at the end of the day, what this podcast purpose is to try to get more out of our training and our lives. So the more people that are doing that, well, it's just better for all of us. So with that said, get out there. Train hard, have fun, be a good friend, try to make this world a better place. Thanks a lot.